I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another day of incredible entertainment at Euro 2020 as Spain beat Switzerland in a penalty shootout and Italy with a 32-match unbeaten run incredible as they beat belgium we got heath pierce to discuss and of course a little bit on saturday's action que golazo begins right now hey everybody welcome to que golazo on this friday euro 2020 my man heath pierce hp it's been a while how are you I'm doing okay. I, you know, if anybody's watching this from a video front, I'm, I'm in the middle of a move. So I've left as many things at my old house as possible to make sure that, you know, there's something resembling the football world in my backdrop. So I got a one, uh, one poster from my first time traveling abroad when I was 12 years old from the tournament I played in. And I got some uh, pictures of myself because, you know, vanity. So I can't complain. How are you, man? I'm good. And congrats on the move, my friend, to you and your family. I know that we talked about it uh, back when we were in Denver. I know you got a lot of going on. So it's good to have you back. And by the way, HB will be with us uh, in July as well as the Gold Cup uh, continues. But we talk Euro 2020 today with Heath Pierce Friday. What? Let's begin, man. Let's begin here with Spain beating Switzerland. Penalty shootout. Unbelievable. Switzerland, once again, after beating France in a penalty shootout, they return to penalties. Jan Sommer, a tremendous goalkeeper, but fortune favored uh, Luis Enrique and his side. How'd you feel about that one? Yeah, I, I, I think it was fortune. I think there was some luck involved there. I thought it was unfortunate for Switzerland. And I think Switzerland, by the way, are a great example. Um, and I've had a chance to play against Spain and Switzerland during my international career. But Switzerland are a team that don't have any huge stars, right? They've got some good players um, and quality players that play at big clubs, but they don't have any huge stars, but they have this ability to, when you talk about Switzerland, you don't, you kind of give them an underdog status, but when you watch them, they just sort of have this fight and grit to them where they just don't ever give up. And I think there's an internationalness to this. And, you know, I know that you, you're, you're watching, um, you're watching uh, the Copa America right now, and I know that there's, you know, the style Literally of play right down there. Now I'm watching as you're talking, correct? Yeah, and <laughs> and the style of play down there, you see a lot of connective tissue between the countries culturally and the style of play. Whereas, like, you have teams in Europe and in the Euros that are like Switzerland that are just going to take the game the way the game gives you, almost the way if you were to define international football, you would look at a Switzerland in the way that they play. Right? They're not super attractive. They're not necessarily possession-based they're not necessarily full of stars they're not super attacking but they've got good quality all around and they are a unit and and so games go on where there's long minutes and they're able to stay in games and I thought you know not to discredit um anybody in this process but I thought Switzerland were, were one where it's like you take down France you now had a chance to take down Spain a little bit uh unlucky with the with the red card and having to fight against that also the fatigue that yeah, comes it was into a these harsh types of red wasn't it it was a harsh it, red yeah it was yeah what, what's your take on 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 the red you think it was you know 
Do you think there was enough of an edge to understand the referee giving a red red card there, or are you sort of black or white on that one? I just think it's funny that in a day in uh, in the times of VAR, when the ref can you know kind of you know think to himself, all right, did I do the right decision? In this one, straight red, no, no questions asked, and we moved on. And I mean, listen, like he he did obviously lose a little bit of control going down and uh, but I, I just think uh, I think it was a, a strong yellow I don't know if it was a red I, I thought it was harsh but you know who am I who am I to say I just think that in the day of VAR you can go back and say if he if he would have checked himself in the screen again maybe he would have given that straight right it was it was pretty harsh don't you think yeah I think it was harsh it's one of those things where it's like the more times you watch it the more you understand it but like in real time and also when you just watch it and like when you it's it's like and I know we've talked about this before you go into the 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 dog fights or whatever dog piles in in the NFL and you just see a lot of crazy things happening when you break anything down into the slowest of slow motions everything looks bad right everything yeah. looks like oh he just brushed by that's an you know another inch to the left or right and that's a broken leg or an ankle and so when when anytime you break it down into slow speeds it just changes the dynamic of what the play was because it didn't look malicious it was an intense challenge but there was yeah it just i i guess you know uh, to keep that thought short i i think it's it's harsh it's definitely harsh it's especially harsh in, the, in the context of of the game at that moment too yeah exactly but regardless it happened and unbelievably from the 77th minute switzerland played with 10 men after playing france all the way to the penalties i just can't believe how amazing they did jan sommer of course uh tremendous uh, between the sticks and they went all the way to penalties i thought that spain Obviously, they had more than 70% possession, but they didn't control the game in many ways. It was funny. Luis Enrique kept saying, listen, the thing about Switzerland is that when their plan A goes out the window, they have like 10 other plans to rely on. And you saw that. The moment they went with 10 men, they sat, but they sat very well organized, and they took and they were, they were economizing with their possession, meaning that they were very smart with it. And that's why they took it to the penalties. And it's a shame. Uh, that it, they went out like that. But, you know, every Swiss fan should be very proud of what their team uh, achieved. No Granit Xhaka as well, who, by the way, is amazing for Switzerland, uh, yeah. Heath Pierce. Yeah, I agree. And, and again, to go back to my earlier point, it, it's hard to put into words what it's like to play in these types of international games. And obviously, I never played in the Euro, but I've played a game as a consequence for the national team and against teams like Switzerland, where on a day like today or on a day like them against France, their, their whole team are playing at, you know, if on a 10 scale, seven or eight, right? And that's mm -hmm. extremely difficult. Nobody was poor. They were disciplined. They were covering each other. And, and you know, all, all the credit goes to them in, in, in staying patient. You know, the, the one game that I played against Spain, we did not have the ball the whole game. <laughs> but and you they, were they, fine with it. You knew it ahead of time. Yeah. It, yeah. But, but the point I'm trying to make is you get to the 70th minute. Right. And you're coming off of uh, penalties against France. You're already fatigued. You get into the 70th minute. You go down a man against the best possession team in the world where now it feels like you're playing on a deserted island in terms of the size of the field. Right. Of yeah. Just that discipline to say, hey, sit back. We're going to get one or two more chances or we're going to at least, you know, keep things keep things even. To, to do that and to do that well is really hard, especially I remember getting to the 80th minute against Spain. 
And they ended up scoring, uh, Xavi scored in the 82nd or something like that against us. And it was away. It was in Spain. It was a late kickoff around like oh, 10 man, p.m. or something crazy. the same pitch as Xavi. Imagine that. Yeah, Amazing. yeah. Uh, I tried to get a shirt. He told me he told me he promised his grandmother. A bunch of guys on that team told me they promised their grandmother, by the way. That was like the excuse they all used to let me down easy. How many easy. grandmothers do you have? <laughs> yeah, I was like, all of you guys, it's grandmother day at the at the old pitch. Uh, I, I swear to you, that's not that's a true story. Multiple of them said they promised their grandma. Uh, and I was like, okay, you can't argue that, right? It's like, they must have been told like just tell them it's for your grandma um but i remember getting to like the 60th 70th and you have these long windows especially spain scores early in this game you have these long spells where spain will stretch you out and just go side to side side to side and at that time they had um what's his name um uh that was uh at Villarreal, the holding midfielder um brazilian born um spanish um um, i'm i'm yeah i'm blanking on i'm blanking too but keep going Um, yeah, so and and so good in possession with these guys that you by the end of the game, you are so mentally exhausted because of the way that they stretch you out. And so, you know, not to make Marco a, Senna. a, a yes, Marco Senna, there we go. Um, not to make a, a long story even even longer, but like you get to that point and your mind just goes, Oh, I'm gonna kick somebody, or I'm gonna step out of position, or I'm gonna overcommit. To have that discipline to keep on going and 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 to buy into that when a team is just literally wearing you down with possession, you know, that's, that's a lot on a team. And, and to come off of a, a, again, a France, a France game where you already hit the wall uh, physically, I just think it's a really impressive performance for, for, for Switzerland. And definitely um, I guess my, my surprising team of the tournament. I mean, I thought that they would do okay, but, to, but to even go to this point and not to be degrading, like, Oh, look how far they came. But I actually mean that like really impressive performance as a team and as a group. No, absolutely right. And listen, hats off to Spain there in the semifinals. And to be honest with you, at the beginning of this tournament, not many. I mean, they, you know, Spain's a good team, but they thought, you know, struggles uh, as of late uh, with Luis Enrique. As the first two games were a perfect blueprint for that. They were doing the possession thing, but they weren't scoring enough, you know, uh, drawing against Poland, obviously relying on Lewandowski, etc. So it wasn't like that impressive, but they really have turned it on ever since, of course, you know, scoring what? 10 goals in the past two games before this one and now beating um, Switzerland in penalty. So you, you have to commend them for that. Um, you know, uh, Luis Enrique said it at the end. Listen, not many people realize that, but we we're one of those teams that we go through adversity a lot uh, and we've had to face this uh, a Spain side with no Real Madrid player, Sergio Ramos, not in the squad. Uh, he is a major leader there. No uh, PK as well. You know, this is a transitional Spain and they're in the semifinals. It's, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, we, we'll get to the, the Belgium game where you're talking about a golden generation, right, of Belgium. Spain, there's never a window where they're like, we're going to go through rebuilding Spain, right, the Spanish national team. There's never that window because you're expected, because of the institutions of Real Madrid and Barcelona, to always have this pipeline of being one, two, three, four, or five in the world, right, and competing for a trophy every single time. And they're going through that generational shift now, right? You're also seeing the difference of, La Masia not being what it once was for Spanish players. You're seeing a lot more Spanish players going abroad than they, than they once were uh, with regard to the national team. And so I think there's a generational shift that's bigger than just old, old players going out, new players coming in that, that they're going through. And to reach a semifinal, I think is really uh, commendable and, and, and difficult. It's, it's really, it, there's no easy way through, through these games. And so, yeah, big up to Luis Enrique and, and, and keeping this squad motivated because again, it's a game of moments. It's moments. It's not like they've played everyone off the pitch or, or whatever. They could easily have been out, but they, they continue to go through. And these are, these are building moments to go on where now they have this actual belief. We're like, oh, maybe we are favorites. Maybe yeah. we should win. Maybe we should reach a final because we're Spain. Um, so yeah, 
huge moment uh, for them today. Uh, very good point. A game of moments, especially in knockout competitions where those moments are so, so important. Uh, so well done, Spain. And they will face the winner of this game we're about to talk to as Belgium faced Italy. It was clearly the headliner of the quarterfinal stages and Italy. Italy, Heath Beers, 32 matches unbeaten. They beat Belgium. For, it opened up with a Nico Varela beauty in the 31st minute. And then Lorenzo Insigne basically said, hold my beer and scored another great goal right before the break. And then Lukaku scores a penalty as uh, Doku was an absolute nightmare uh, for Italy, but it wasn't enough. Italy held on and Roberto Mancini's side. I got to tell you, Heath Pierce, you know, we've, we've uh, grown up with this game. We've seen a lot of Italian sides, even in the nineties when they were hot and everything. I have never seen an Italian side like this. They're tremendous. I haven't used the word swag in since <laughs> since it stopped being cool about ten years ago. But if I were to put like a Bring word that that d defined this group, they th it is different, right? There was this like you know blue collar, you know put on your hard hat type of Italian mentality before that was part stereotype, but also pragmatism that that worked. There was there was results that came out of just not making mistakes. This team looks way more exciting way more motivated, way more creative going forward. It feels like there's just a, some, some life within this squad in terms of risk takers and being a little more fearless. And then you still have, you know, your, your, your uh, Chiellini, Bonucci's, your, your older players that I think are uh, hugely important to the squad and having that mix of, of kind of that exu youthful exuberance and, and um, experience, but they just, it's just like this, you, you feel this momentum when they have the ball. You feel this excitement when they have the ball with, with ideas. You see the, that sort of Italian passion and energy, but it's translating in a different way. You know, when it used to be, you'd see one guy fly into a challenge, he, he gets beat. The next guy fly into a challenge, beats him, and there's the next player kicking him, and they're in each other's faces. And If you can match that, which will never go away because that is in the DNA of, of the Italian national team, with the freedom of creativity that I'm seeing, at least from this this current squad or in this tournament, um, it's tough. To, it's tough to see them being beat by somebody um, because th they can default back to something that's already really well established, and that's being a strong foundation, great defensively, get behind the ball. But when they have the ball, also it's it's almost like the they're 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 make the making of like a a perfect squad, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely right. It's, it's, you know, Roberto Mancini, you can tell that he used to manage Man City. There is a, a real clear identity in some of the things of Roberto Mancini's Man City, where the moment you lose the ball, they, they do everything they can to get it back. They're very quick going forward. They're unafraid of trying different things. And then when you have it, it's a complete package of a squad. You mentioned Bonucci and Chiellini at the back leading the line so well, Donnarumma, uh, obviously, arguably one of the best, if not the best goalkeeper in the world. And then you still have so much talent where, you know, who do I put in? Locatelli, Marco Verratti, and then you have Insigne on one side. And, you know, Chiesa started today. It's just, they're a complete package. And 32 matches unbeaten is absolutely remarkable. Uh, I don't care who they are. My biggest question for Italy before this game before they even drew against Belgium was, okay, we've seen what you've done in the group stages. You kind of struggled a little bit against Austria. What are you going to do against a major contender with all due respect to all the teams that you previously played? And well, you've proven it today, beating the FIFA number one ranked team in the world, uh, the golden generation of Belgium. Granted, no Eden Hazard, but still, you know, Lukaku, Kevin De Bruyne, et cetera, 
tremendous, tremendous. And now Italy are in the semifinals and they'll face Spain. What, what, what a semifinal in that one. Yeah, it's in, I, I think you said it really well about this uh, Italian team. Uh, what's the record, by the way, of unbeaten matches in internet? Is, does Spain still hold that? It was like 30, 30 something. I know that we, we, we in the, in the um, Confeds Cup semifinal beat Spain to break whatever that record. I think it was like 39 or 34, 39 or something like that. So I'm assuming they're inching on that. And I think that was the, the world record, at least at that point. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to hit us up, yeah. uh, audience, if you know. But in terms of Italy's, their own record, I believe. I mean, 30, uh, there was a 30 match in the 30s and 40s, but they, they totally destroyed that already. It's unbelievable uh, what they're doing. Uh, a tremendous, yeah. tremendous performance. And it seems like, you know, when you, when you look at those numbers, you're like, well, yeah, uh, you know, uh, the stats are for the birds type of thing, you know. But, like, that, there is a belief and confidence. The one time in my life that I was on a streak like that was in a, was in a league and we were 17 games unbeaten, right? But that's what we, or I think we ended up at 17 games unbeaten. Yeah. When you get to like around 10, right? And the national team's different because it's, it's kind of start, stop, start, stop. Uh, when you get to like 10, you start to believe that every game is yours. You start to believe that like, oh, we're down one no in the 88th or 89th. Don't worry, we're still in it. You know, because when you look at this, when you look at the history of how they've gotten those results, there's going to be a lot of those games where they came from behind. They, they stayed ahead. They grinded out results. They gave up chances at the end, and they still got results. It's, it's all those things that you, you continue to believe that no matter what, even if you're down two goals, three goals, whatever it is, that they're, you're still in a game, and, and, and that's when that record starts to come back to life. So you go into a semifinal. You give up a couple against Spain, who are definitely capable of scoring goals. That's where that, 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 that streak or that record starts to kind of almost subconsciously tap you tap into and within the team to say, hey, we're still, we're still in this. Look at this record. Like we, we are continuously in games, whether it's by luck or by whatever. Um, and so I think that, that that's going to play or manifest itself in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way in this tournament. And it could be in a semi or it could be in a final. Yeah, I think uh, the only uh, opponent in the way of Italy right now is Italy themselves. That's how good they are right now. And they'll be facing Spain very quickly. Give me your quickly just reaction to that game. What, what do you think is going to happen in that one? You can even give me a score prediction. I'm going to go with 2-1 uh, for Italy in that. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I, I, think, I think Italy will do the same thing as, as they've done today. Uh, and they've just got enough quality of, of players to, to create moments for them and score goals, like incredible goals. And yeah. so I just don't see, you know, Spain, who I do think will give up chances. I, they, could, they, they have enough quality as well, but I, I just don't see how Italy could, after learning from an Austria and then, you know, obviously against the, the number one ranked team, uh, in the world, in Belgium, there's going to be a new belief that I don't think the Spain as we know them now uh, can be stopped. By the way, b before we jump too far, how good is Doku? Oh, I, I, if everybody, if anybody reads my tweets, I, literally as soon as I saw his name in the starting lineup, I said Doku is going to be a problem for Italy. It's going to be a problem. He I plays for a, what a, a sixth-place uh, team in Belgium. Yeah, for Ren and 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 came from from Anderlecht, and I went back and looked at all these stats because I was like, how am I not following this guy every single day of the week? Like, somebody I, somebody's gonna pick him up. I'm telling you. Yeah, he's nine. I believe he's 19 years old, and he only had two goals and three assists in 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 Ligue 1 this year. And then the year before that, I think at Anderlecht, he played a full season and only had like two goals and a couple assists. I could be wrong. That's what the internet told me. But like, I was shocked when I saw him just put an entire team on skates, and every time he got it. He was just, you knew he was going to beat the first man. It was just a matter of what his final delivery was or where he ended up. I haven't seen a player 
like that, whether maybe Obafemi Martins or players like that, that get up into the, get out into the open field and you go, Oh my gosh, yeah. like everybody, no, it's, right. it's kind of like an on your foot. Every time he gets the ball, it's like an on your feet moment where you're just like, everybody hold on and wait. Cause here he goes. When, uh, when Wilfred Saha turns it on for Crystal Palace and they play like some mid-level team or whatever, like he's, he's unplayable. That's what I thought when I was watching Doku today. It was like, it was crazy. It was crazy. But so, yeah, we're going to keep tracks on him. I'll, I'll make sure that I WhatsApp Fabrizio Romano after this and see where he's at. Hey, real quick, before we leave, everybody, before we leave uh, and say goodbye to Heath, and uh, I want to look ahead quick to uh, Saturday. Give me your thoughts on uh, Denmark, Czech Republic. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well... I got to keep riding for Denmark. I, I, this is, this is the, the story. We don't even have to say why. Uh, also because, you know, my a fam, a close family friend um, was, was dealing with Ericsson um, in Denmark um, oh, wow. in the hospital and, and having played in Denmark and having lived in Copenhagen, having played one of my first matches at, at Parken uh, where FC Copenhagen plays and where the national, the national stadium is. I just got to keep going for, for, for Denmark as a fan, but also in just a momentum standpoint, like I just, they just seem to have this young desire. That's kind of like, we got nothing to lose. Let's go. Um, and, and to come back from losing your first game in the worst of conditions and situations and circumstances to now find themselves, uh, in this match, I got to go with them. What, what's your thought? No, I agree. The, the emotional mountain that they've had to climb since Ericsson's uh, tragic uh, moments there, th- thank goodness uh, that, he's, that he's all right, um, just catapulted itself into this uh, adrenaline for all of them. And Kasper Schmeichel has said it. We're going to win this tournament for Christian Ericsson, and I'm telling you, like, it's not complete craziness to say it anymore. Like, you, ne- you never know. But do not underestimate Czech Republic. Patrick Schick, Absolutely on form right now. Uh, you know, only behind, I believe, what, Lukaku and Ronaldo and Mr. Rongo, of course, as well. Uh, yeah, that, by the way, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you officially about that. That was that was great. It, the guy looked similar to you, but, uh, you I know. No, he was good. He Very he handsome man. Very handsome, handsome. man. <laughs> super talented. Super talented as well, as well scoring in, 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 uh, in, in big competition. So I know. He scored today as well. He's got 10 now. He's got 10 goals. Incredible. Um, but no, anyway, the point is do not underestimate the Czech Republic. All right, very quick on England, Ukraine. Is it coming home, Heath Kabeers? Well, it can't come home if we're going to go with Den- – if we're going to follow Kasper Schmeichel. Well, way, I'm not saying him, I'm, sort of I'm, I'm not fully behind Kasper, but I'm not completely disregarding it. What, what do you think about England, Ukraine? Yeah, I think I think England beats Ukraine. Ukraine, again, are very talented squad, but England, again, have this like – it's it's when we 
look at English players, we expect them all to be the best player on the field and stars because they play in the biggest league or competition for the biggest teams in the world. But when you, when the, the England squad is quietly going about their business, which I think is great. I expected Harry Kane to be the golden boot in this, in this yeah. tournament. Nah, it doesn't nah. matter. But Raheem Sterling is pulling his weight and the team just seems like, again, there's something about that squad where they're totally, they've kind of just embraced this idea of like, we can do it ugly. We can do it pretty, but we're going to stay in these games and we're going to take it, take our moments. And I think that is an identity that's worthwhile as opposed to being like, we're England. We got to play teams off the pitch and we got to win three nil. Cause we've got the best strikers in the world and all those types of things. So I, I find them as another opponent. That's, that's not going to give up a whole lot. And if you, give any of the, the the quality of that they have half chances, you know, they're going to put one away and, and, and finish you. Yeah. Just the one thing to add to England, they haven't conceded a single goal in this tournament yet. So no matter where you look at their performances in Euro 2020, you, uh, the, the trust needs to be 100% behind Gareth Southgate. They, they haven't lost and they haven't conceded a single goal. That's, that's do, you that, do, you, do, you, do you think that they can win this thing? I mean, listen, just like you uh, talk about, you know, um, you know, I'm Peruvian, but I grew up in England. I have a very soft spot for England. My sister, you know, basically when we left Peru, she was only five. So she feels in many ways more English than Peruvian. You know, I have family that's English. I, I, grew, I grew up during that year 96 time. So I have a very, so, so the, um, the heart goes over the head sometimes. I, I, they can definitely, the final 100%, they can do it. They face Italy. Then, then it becomes a, a very intriguing final. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't grow up during the Euro 92 era, but as soon as I got to Denmark, they ingrained that inside of you uh, of, of uh, just the importance of uh, the Euros. Dude, it, was remark it was a remarkable time. I was in high school and it, the entire country stood still and obviously the song and everything and Paul Gascoigne. Uh, that's why Jack Grealish really mirrors those Paul Gascoigne moments. It's like you said, when you watch an England team, every player in that starting 11 is a star in their own right. They're coming mainly from the Premier League, et cetera. Paul Gascoigne gave you something magical, something that you can't really teach. You, you don't learn it on the pitch. It's just, it's a, it's a God-given talent. That's Jack Grealish. And he, he, you know, that, that to me is just another example of, of how England have that extra Raheem Sterling, tremendous, right? Harry Kane, he can do his thing. I think Harry Maguire has been excellent. Calvin Phillips, Jack Grealish is a special talent. And when you add that extra magic, anything is possible, I think. Yeah. You know, the, it's, it's funny from a, where, what club do you think he would be the perfect fit at? What, with his style of play at a club? Are not you really at, not the club he's currently? It just can't. I know, Luis. It can't forever be like this. It, it, it can't forever. Can it be forever like this? Listen, he's been there since he was. Six. You can't ask me that. I'm a lifelong Villa fan. Okay, if, 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 okay. Villa has to figure it. Like, okay, cash in. You know, at a certain point. You know, right, okay, and, and listen. Okay, the thing is, <laughs> I I don't even think I can answer this, but I'm telling you something. If he were ever to leave, I just I don't want it to be a for a Premier League side. Just go somewhere else abroad. Please just go to Italy, go to Spain. Just please don't stay in the Premier League because that will be too much. When I was, when I, when I was young, I suffered the same problem, Heath, with Dwight York when he left Aston Villa from Manchester United. It absolutely killed me. I didn't talk to anybody for two weeks. I was a mute. I was so in pain. And if Grealish leaves, it's going to be worse. And I'm a grown-ass man. I can't do that anymore. But to your point, listen, I just think that he's, he's the type of player that wherever you put him, 
Here's the thing. If he goes to the thing is, here's the thing. Just say it. What's the thing? Tell me. Okay. okay. You're you're trying <laughs> separate your he love. Needs to be, he needs to be the star of wherever he is. And so I think the problem is if like all these people are saying, no, if Man City fans like, you know, you're gonna have to get rid of what? Phil Foden, Bernardo Silva, Raheem Sterling, Riyad Maris. There's a lot of traffic there. He needs to be the star. He literally stops the flow of the game and moves it in accordance to whatever he wants. I, that's not city. That's city. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, but he's not going anywhere, man. So please be quiet. Okay. That's fair. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to put you into an emotional state at, you know, uh, you like Pulisic, you, Chelsea, where would you put Pulisic? If, 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 if he left Chelsea, do you like him for Chelsea? Cause Tuchel's Chelsea is fine, but they can be a little bit boring. Don't you think? Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I could see him at um, maybe a Bayern or or I, I just it's it's hard. Pulisic, I just don't know because I'm I'm the same as everybody. Like I see moments of brilliance, but like you're talking about a a Grealish that's just a lot more consistent over and over and over again with the levels of talent um, that he has. Where like Pulisic, I'm just like. Yeah, what, the, what spot yeah. on the field does he play? Is he on the left side or right side? Is he right, playing right, the strikers? Right. Is he is he you know what's the system? And I think there's just so much that goes into it, like you said, where Graylish could just literally the game is like no no wherever he is is what the system is. You know yeah. wherever he gets the ball or however the team needs to build around him is how you have to build. He is the star. Um, Honestly, where, it's yeah. it's I know people are gonna be like, what are you talking about? But it's very Francesco Totti. It's very Lionel Messi. Honestly, like I'm not saying he's Lionel. Can everybody stop? I'm just saying that everything. Imagine if there were proverbial arrows all pointing to one player. It's him. He's yeah. that. I've watched this kid since he was like first ever introduced to the professional game. He's that incredible. I, I it's, it's amazing. By the way, I would say, and and this is what's interesting about again the England side is that mm. they have so many stars. Yeah. But the way they're playing right now. And this is a gray area. This is a very thin line between like selfish and and boring and sad and getting results. But right now there's this motivation of getting results despite not having everybody be a star. Yeah. And I think there's a real value in that. And I think when England came back from the last World Cup and they revitalized and regalvanized the fan base in England and it wasn't club over country and it wasn't all the fans hate the national team players and all these things, they've sort of rebuilt their image into being a little more of a workman. And yeah. a little more blue collar and a little more like we're, we're going to show you passion and fight for our country. And it doesn't always have to be uh, the same thing that you see on the weekend from us with our club teams. We are, we are representing the crest and, and that is a value. And that means at a minimum, we're going to give our best effort. And I think that again, when you add that to the, the abilities that they actually have, it makes them it, hard to write off ever. Who deserves credit for that? Man, I, I think, I think a lot of this new generation of players, do um because they've been outwardly facing towards the fans if you remember a lot of their campaigns that they did before the last world cup they were basically trying to bring the fan base back in by saying hey we're humans we're normal people like you tweet at me i cry yeah. like when you attack me i cry because i'm a person and like they did this humanizing thing through the fa that i thought rallied a lot of people around them to take the edge off of like 
oh, you don't care about the national team because look at the way you play for the national team. You only care about your club and your 300 grand a week. And, you know, all those things, I think it tore down a lot of those walls of separation between club and country and also, you know, this stardom and, and started to rebuild that fan base. Again, that's only the relationship with, I think, the media and the fans that the players took control of that. But I think the, you know, who would you give the credit to in this context of, of sort of rebuilding, um, you know, because again, they, they had this unnecessary pressure of all these players playing at the biggest clubs. Therefore, you go into a national team and your best 11 are supposed to somehow come together and be world-class. Yeah, you make a really good point about the humanization of things. And because of the pandemic, the Black Lives Matter movement and the fights, uh, you know, for social justice, all those things come together. Uh, I didn't think about it like that. It's a very good point. I think I think Gareth Southgate deserves a lot because he's the type of manager that understands everything that you just said. If anybody read that piece he wrote for the Players' Tribune, it, it kind of uh, exemplifies all those points. So it's a big deal. But, you know, it's a big moment. It's a big moment for England. And, uh, you know, they should, with all due respect to Ukrainian fans, they should beat Ukraine and really make it to the semifinals. I think after beating, I think we talked about it uh, with Jimmy and before, after you beat Germany in a major tournament, in a knockout stages for the first time since 1966, it would be disastrous if now you lose to Ukraine. Like, you know, you need to now make it count, you know, get there. I was with James Bench, I believe we were talking about that. So, so yeah, we will see. Is it coming home, Heath? Do you, they're getting to the final. Is that what you think? Do you think they'll beat Denmark if, if Denmark get there as well? That's yeah. That's a tough one, right? That's a tough one. It is a tough one. Because uh, you, have, you have this um, current momentum of Denmark, right? And then you have this historic pain of, of, of England. And I think those are both equally weighted that it's hard to say which way the game goes to. I mean, obviously on, on, on paper, you go with England every time, but Denmark obviously has this, this uh, belief uh, at the moment. And, and so, yeah, but I, I I put England in the final. I just think that there's enough experience in that team that, that, that they win it. Interesting indeed. And this year, 2020 has delivered in more ways than one. Heath Pierce will return next week because we're going to do a bunch of other things, including our Gold Cup preview and so much more. HP, final thoughts before we say goodbye. Honestly, thanks for having me again, man. This is this was fun. I'm sorry I've, I missed I made you, you, man. I made you run it long. I'm just like we're having a catch-up conversation, you know, with so much to talk about over the last couple of weeks. But no, I don't even care. Yeah, come on, man. You're my brother. You know, you know, I miss you. We had so much fun in Denver. Uh, you don't even know people. We had so much fun away from the cameras. You don't even know. We're gonna make it yeah. happen again. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's do it. HP, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Everybody, I want to thank Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Kegolasso Pod. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. We're also on CBS Sports and use CBS Sports app as well. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Be good to each other. Be kind and keep on listening and watching. Thanks so much. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 